0: Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message.
1: Nothing worth
2: more that will ever come. you
3: Get ready to sing that chorus one more time. There's a lot of things in my lifetime that I have asked why. there's a lot of things going on in our world right now and I'm asking why I don't understand I don't I'm not going to sit here and claim to understand I don't know what's going on our world is in chaos but I can tell you this no matter what situation I have found myself in in my life God has always been there he's always been there And I can't guarantee you what's going to happen in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. I can't promise you what's going to happen in the cities of America tomorrow. But one thing I can tell you that God holds tomorrow. (laughs) I'm saddened by what's going on in our world. My heart's broke. I just never thought I would see a day in my lifetime that Our country is where we are right now. And if there was ever a time for the church to stop posting and start praying, it's now. We're only adding fuel to the fire. Listen to me, there was somebody once said, When you argue with idiots, People don't know who the idiot is. Stop posting. Start praying. God's still on the throne. God's still in control. None of this caught him off guard. Not one thing in the last two months has caught our God off guard. Nothing. But if there was ever a time for the church to shut up and start praying, it was now. He knows. He knows what tomorrow holds. So can we one more time, as they sing this course, can we just lift our hands and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Have your Bibles if you go with me to Matthew chapter 26. If you'd stand for the reading of the Word, Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men cannot keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. And here's where I want to draw my text. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. God, this morning, let us realize that our battle is not with flesh and blood. God, we are battling a demonic force God, in your word, Paul tells us to to put on the the full armor. God, that's what I pray we do. That we put ourselves, we align ourselves for battle, spiritual battle. God, our battle is not with the, the left and the right and the Democrats and the Republicans. Our battle is against Satan and his demonic forces. Touch our hearts, touch our country, and let the peace that surpasses all understanding fill this place, fill our lives, fill our country. In Jesus' name, amen. Shake somebody's hand, give them air high five. I want to talk to you just for a a little while on a topic. It's our choice. I literally was prepared to do something else and God just really started stirring me in this this way about Thursday evening late and that scripture really sticks out to me, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. But here's what I've come to understand, it's our choice. It is our choice, I understand that so much of what we battle so much of what we face is not of the flesh, it is a spiritual battle, Paul tells us that, but I also understand that we live in a day where the church is giving in more and more to the stuff of this world. What I mean by that, we're, we're, we're giving Satan way too much credit for the things that happen to in our, in our lives because of our choices. See, we've turned him into a superhero. We've got people so terrified of Satan because we've given him everything that comes our way. We blame him. Let me tell you, we're giving him too much power. We're giving our enemy way too much power. In fact, John chapter 10, verse 10, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, Jesus said that the enemy, the thief, has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Then there's a comma. He said, but I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. You have a choice this morning. You can allow the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy your family, your life, your wealth, whatever it is. Or you can go to the other side of the comma and say, but I choose life and I choose it more abundantly. We have the choice this morning. Listen to me. Stop giving the enemy so much credit. We as individuals, the church, we want to flirt with disaster and then go and blame the devil. And a lot of times we even want to blame God. We can't blame God. We can't blame the the enemy in our life because of our poor choices. What are you saying, pastor? If tobacco caused you cancer, that was your choice. Oh, boy. If eating has caused you sugar and heart and weight problems, that is your choosing. You can't say, God, why did you put this on me? God didn't put it in your mouth. Oh, boy. If your spending has got you in debt, don't blame the enemy for your bank account being red. If things that you watch and listen to on TV has put a lustful spirit inside of you, you can't blame the devil for that. You done it. If you choose to, oh boy. What you put on your internet, if it chooses, if you choose to do that and it costs you your marriage, God didn't do that. The enemy didn't do that. You turned it on that, on that, on that site. If you choose not to bring your family to church, and then when they're older, you wonder why they don't think church is important, you chose to tell them that. Oh, it's really quiet now. We wonder why people don't think the church is important anymore. We don't find it important enough to come. Well, I'll go when I feel like it. Oh, boy. I told Adam I needed to wear my shirt today. I knew it was coming. Do you realize that you and I are going to stand before a just God? And we're going to give an account for our choices. Are we going to allow the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy? Or are we going to choose life? It's our choice. Our choices matter. There are just some things we cannot give Satan credit for. It's our choosing. Jesus told Peter, he said, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Then he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Randy, if David's doing what he's supposed to be doing, he doesn't sit on top of a a rooftop and see another man's wife. Then, if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing and he makes the right choice, he doesn't go take the man's wife and then have the man killed for his own choices. Watching and praying. He said, so that you do not fall into temptation. That's our responsibility, church. That's our responsibility. Somebody once said, one of life's most challenging and most rewarding victories is conquering yourself. D.L. Moody said one, and you better curl your toes. This one's more challenging to me. I've had more trouble with myself than with any other man I've ever met. (laughs) You see, we have to understand the greatest war that we face is within ourselves. Flesh versus spirit. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak don't get me wrong we face satan we we face a spiritual battle in fact paul said in ephesians six twelve, where for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places you see our greatest struggle is getting our flesh in line with the word of god but it's our choice In the New Living Translation, Romans chapter 7, says, Paul, (laughs) do we not find ourselves here? I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am... Not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. Can y'all put your name right there where I is? I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. (laughs) The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. It's the constant war in every one of us, the flesh. And we're just like Paul. Randy, every day I have a choice. I've got to choose to pick up a cross. What is the flesh? The, the, the flesh, there's a Greek word for it called sarx. S A R X. The gratifying nature of a man, the animal nature, without any suggestion of depravity, no morals. Wicked. That's what flesh means. We've watched it all week. The animal nature with cravings which provoke to sin. That's why Paul says it is highly important to be filled with the Spirit of God. To walk in the Spirit so I don't fulfill the lust of my flesh. Because when I fulfill the lust of my flesh, I'm an animal. That's what he said I am an animal. I have no morals, I am wicked. If you are not full of the Spirit of God, you are an animal. You're fulfilling the flesh. This is why the Bible says that we have to humble ourselves and submit to God. There's something about that humbling. When I humble myself, I'm saying I'm depriving myself, my flesh, of what I want right now, and I'm going to humble myself to the person that I bowed down to and said, I give you my life. I bow down to him and say, I humble myself before you today, and I'm going to live by your standards, by what your word says, and I'm not going to go do what Mick wants to do today. I'm preaching better than you're looking at me. Uh, We're living a, a life without boundaries and without limitations anymore. Even in the church. God gave us commandments. He gave us those things to give us boundaries. He said, I've got to limit you, Larry. If I don't put limits on you, if I don't put boundaries around you, you'll go kill yourself. We're that stupid. We're sheep. So when God said, Moses, go up on the mountain, I'm going to give you some rules and some guidelines to live by. He said, I love you enough that I'm going to protect you. I don't tell my kids not to do stuff just because I'm their dad. I do it because I'm concerned about them. I want to protect them. Don't do that because either it's going to cause harm or, I mean, something bad could happen. So I give them limitations. I set boundaries. And they're just like us. We give our kids a hard time and we're just as bad as they are. Don't hold that against me later. <laughs> we, push the, we push the boundary. Let me see, how far can I push this gate? How far can I push the fence just to get a little further over there? Listen to me, I've said it all my life, and I've heard people say it all my life. You can ride the fence, but Satan owns the fence. We're destroying ourselves. Our country is crumbling right before our very eyes, but God is giving us exactly what we've asked for. Now, pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that Psalm 106 says that God's people, they enjoyed the benefits. Then they started chasing their own desires, and God allowed their choosing to kill them. Did God kill them? Did God do it? No. Their choices did. God said, I give you all this abundance. I give you everything but your own choosing. Here, have it. Take a king. I wanted to be your king all along, but you won't shut up, so here's Saul. I'll give you what you want. Go read Psalm 78, how God blessed his people. He gave them manna from heaven every single day. And yet, in their own choices, they turned from him. How do you turn from a God that you watched rain? I mean, he brought down manna every single day, and you weren't content with that. And he said, Well, here's some quail. I mean, tap a rock, and water comes out of it. How do you turn from that? We do it every day. The church, we can stand and we can say we are saved and we got Jesus all we want. But when we have pastors and church leaders and the, who will set back and condone the immoral state and outbreak that is happening in our country, it is sickening. It is sickening to set And watch pastors from Washington, D.C. sit behind a podium and say a prayer that is so pagan and wrong and the world congratulates him. The church congratulates him. Oh, I'm so glad that some pastor's finally stepping out and doing what's right. He didn't do what's right. Oh, What's happened to the church? We're just like the rest of the world. Curl your toes because I'm coming. Mine's already sawed off and back. We watch. We listen. We condone. We do exactly what this world watches, listens, and does. And then we come to church on Sunday and say, I'm saved. Where's the separation? Where's the separation? Oh, not this sanctification stuff, Pastor. Nobody preaches that anymore Well, we are today. What are we saved from? I like not having a mic, man. I can use my hands and do all kinds of stuff. But really, what are we saved from? I see people all the time telling me they're saved. But yet, they're still, Jacob, they're still going to the same places. Still hanging around the same people. Drinking the same drinks. Smoking the same smoke. Saying the same words. Telling the same jokes. Never want to come to church. But I prayed a long time ago, Pastor, and I come every third Sunday sometimes. I'm saved. Hogwash. You ain't saved. Oh boy, yeah, I said it. What did you get saved from? If you're still doing the same stuff before you submitted to Christ, what did you get saved from? Psalm 5 and 4 says, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. What are we saved from, church? When I'm comfortable doing what I did before, I said, Jesus, come in. He says, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells in you. If you can't make God a priority, check your heart. It amazes me to watch a generation say they are saved and continue to do the same stuff. Randy, they have no desire to change. They just want to feel good. That's what they want, well, Pastor. I come to church and I got a goosebump. Woo! Patty Smith said it best: a good George Jones song can give you a goosebump. The old possum, but I said we have no desire. To change. None. What are we saved from? If the Holy Ghost does not convict some of us with what we watch, what we listen to, what we do, we are not full of the Holy Ghost. If we can sit and watch them damn our God for a two-hour movie... We better check our heart. Well, pastor, I'm spiritually mature. I I can look through that stuff. You shouldn't want to look through that stuff and get through that stuff. It should quench the Spirit of God inside of you when you hear them damn your God. This is a good touchy-feely sermon. If the Holy Ghost does not... St- convicts some of us of what we watch and what we listen to, we are not full of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, Angie, will not dwell where wickedness is. I'm getting tired of hearing Christians say, ooh, I said that, where'd that come from? It come probably from the movies and the music you've been listening to. I've done this before and I'll do it again. What came out? Water. And that's what's wrong with the church. What's in here is coming out of here. Hate. Spewing hate. Spewing hate. I said it a couple weeks ago. If we can set and put on Facebook, I hope you die, you miserable SOB and everything else. We need to check ourselves. Church, there's a holiness standard that the church better return to if we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. Why is the world so wicked? The world is so wicked because the church has become lukewarm. The church should set the tone for the nation. Pastor, you're being tough. Well, I love you enough to tell you the truth, even when you don't want to hear it. Paul asked the church in Corinthians a very important question. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 17, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy holy. Which temple are, are you? Patty Paul's saying, this is where the Spirit of God lives. Be clean. It's time that the church raises the standard of our living. And I'm not talking about going back to long hair and ponytails and all that stuff. We can talk about the old-timers all we want, but they had something. They had a standard. And something happened because we mocked them and ridiculed them and laughed at them, but we went plumb to the other side of the spectrum to where there is no standard. Just do what makes you feel good. Come to church on Sunday, tip God, and go home. God didn't save you so you could just keep doing the same things you were doing before you were saved. He saved you to set you apart. He saved you from the wicked, cruel world that you were a slave to. He said, be holy because I'm holy. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, we don't like this part, wherefore, come out from among them, from who? The heathen. I've saved you. Be separate from them. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. David said that we were conceived in sin and shapened in iniquity. That's why we're at constant war. It would have been nice to have gotten saved. And God said, here, we're just going to take the fleshly desire away from you. I still live in flesh. We're never going to change that. Until this body is changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I am going to be fighting flesh and spirit. It's our choice. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, For that all have sinned. Just go blame Adam. You see, we want self-fulfillment. 1 John 2, 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. You see, when we give into our flesh, we die. And we are now an enemy of God. When I give into my flesh, I am in rebellion to God. Romans 8, 6 and 8. 6 through 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is, is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, for neither indeed can be. So then, they that are of the flesh can not please God. And here's the result. You can't get mad at me. You've got to get mad at Paul and God. Because Paul says in Galatians 5, Now the works of the flesh are Manifest. Which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedations, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The mentality that has gripped the the church, not just lost people, it has gripped the church. And it has destroyed, destroyed the mentality of the church. It don't offend me, Randy, so stop judging me. Where did we get to that? Used to be John 3.16 was the most quoted scripture in the Bible, but now it's judge not. Don't judge me. Look where that mentality has gotten the church. Look where it's brought us to. We're living in a day and age in the church where we can't determine whether or not gays should be married. Well, pastor, Jesus loves everybody. No, I agree with that statement, but he loved me and my sin also, and I stopped doing it. I love the fact that he still loves me so much that he makes a way of escape from my sinful desires. Sin is flesh. And sin will not inherit the kingdom of God, period. Jesus said it. Paul said it. I mean, it's right there, black and white. And that's the problem with the world today. We, 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 we're living in a society where the church wants to live in the gray. Church, there is no gray area with God. It's black and white, yes or no. And we want to try to live in the gray area. It saddens me that, that pastors and leaders will not step up and take a stance against sin anymore. Have we really come that far? Have we come that far that attendance and tithe money are more important than preaching the truth? Yes, attendance and tithes are important. But I can't be afraid to preach against sin because I may run off some of our biggest tithers or our most faithful attenders. If you don't like what I preach, honey, hold on because it's going to get better. I am not going to stop preaching the truth of God's word. And I can guarantee you, if you want your ears tickled, there's a lot of churches in town that will probably do that. And besides, if there's sin in the camp, do we think God's going to bless it? Go read Joshua, we'll see how that turned out. There's a constant war, Miss Patty, with me. Flesh and spirit. But I'm thankful there's help. That's why being full of the Holy Ghost is important. And if you're not filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you better get to it. You better get to the place that you are so full because we're going to need it. We're going to need him inside of us living and, and being full because I'm telling you, all hell is going to break loose against the church. But guess what? Adam read it right before. The gates of hell, they may come, it may attack, but it shall not prevail against the church. That's the only way to be, to be victorious over our flesh. I mean, listen to me. We can't be full of everything else. This world has a lot of things that I like, and it offers. And man, it looks so appeasing. Man, it looks, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to dig in at times. And I've got kids that will say, really, Dad? A wife that says, really, Dad? I, during Christmas, we received a whole lot of stuff. Somebody dropped off a fruit basket here at the church and told us to eat, and I took it, and looked pretty good, but Carol Bell gave me this big old huge box of Russell Stover's, Shelby gave me peanut butter pho, I mean, we got, it's crazy, Shelly gave us a big old thing of cookies and, uh, 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 home, ba- you know, home bakes, and just... As the days went on, that fruit basket started turning a little black and weird looking. In fact, we just took it to her mom and dad's. (laughs) Said, we ain't going to eat that. But the chocolate, I was going to say we devoured, but I think I devoured. Spiritually, that's what we're doing. I know the fruit was the best thing for me, but I'm not passing up Russell Stovers. Them little turtle things that everybody makes at Christmas got the chocolate and the nuts and all. I ain't passing that up. Uh uh-uh. uh. But the fruit basket was the best thing for me. And it sat over there and sat over there. And sat over there until Stanley and Sarah ate it all. I did take it to the cabin. Some of, the, uh, some of the, uh, the deer ate some of those apples. But we can't be full of all that stuff while the good sits over here. And expect that to benefit us. What benefit is that fruit basket if I don't partake in it? Don't be full of everything this world has to offer. You have to want the leading of the Holy Spirit. You must follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. If we're being led, then guess what? I'm lining myself up with the Word of God. He told his disciples, he said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. He didn't say pick up your cross and do what you want to do today. He said, follow me. He tells us the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. He tells us that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. His, not mine. He said that he has Plans for us. Plans that give us a hope and a future. And if we keep choosing ours, we don't have much of a hope and a future. Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other. They're at war with each other so that you cannot do whatever you want. Paul says, order your behavior. He says, pattern yourself after the Spirit of God because you're saved. And just because you're saved does not mean that we're not at war any longer with our flesh. That would be great. Again, whoever said, "I'll oh, just give your life to the Lord. It's just a bed of roses. Liar. We still have to deal with our flesh. All being saved does is makes me aware of it. Paul, I mean, when I was a sinner, I didn't care about no war. I just did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Now it's a constant tug of war. Fruit basket, chocolate. Fruit basket, chocolate. And they will never ever harmonize with one another. It just don't happen. You can try to eat caramel apples all you want, but that's nasty. It's your choice. You're either full of the Spirit or you're full of something else. And we will never defeat our flesh conforming to this world. It's our choice. Paul said in Romans 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God again Paul says you think like this world thinks you're not spiritual Paul says you can't think like this world thinks you have to think spiritually remember when we all used to wear the WWJD bracelets we need to bring them back we literally need to start asking ourselves would Jesus watch this Would Jesus say this? Would Jesus condone this? Would Jesus go here? We'll even go a step further. It's 2021. Would Jesus post this? I believe if we would ask ourselves these questions, you would do what I've done several times this week. Delete, 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 backspace, 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 backspace. Turn off phone. Talena's like, why do you keep going there? I've deleted a lot. He says, prove what is that good. He said, test it out. Does it meet the requirements of God? Prove it. Is it good? Is it acceptable? Is it perfect? Is it the will of God? Does that mean we're going to be perfect? No. We've all said yes, like Paul, when we should have said no. We've all backed down when we should have been fighting. We've, we've all fought when we should have backed down. I mean, we just need to start understanding our weaknesses and protect ourselves. So many times, and I'm talking to me, we're not as strong sometimes as we think we are. That's why Jesus said, the Spirit's willing but the flesh is weak. That's why Proverbs says that pride and a haughty spirit goes before destruction. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 10 and 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he shall fall. You have to understand you are in a constant war. Pay attention. Don't fall. I mean, you, you're... I mean, just... It's our choice. It's what it comes down to. Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. The Old Testament, they would put watchmen at night to guard the city. The Old Testament prophets were called spiritual watchmen. Two of the worst days in American history, we were asleep. December the 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor, they called us asleep. September the 11th, 2001, they called us asleep. President Roosevelt said, it was a date which will forever live in infamy. George W. Bush said, by heritage and by choice, the United States of America will make that stand. But both instances caught us off guard, and the results were devastating. Spiritually, the enemy is waiting on us to put our guard down. You better be watchful. You're in a war, and I promise you that if you don't keep guard, the results are devastating. It's your choice. Proverbs 4, 23, keep thy heart guard with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Look what the word says about the attacks from our enemy. Luke chapter 4, verse 13. And when the devil had ended all temptation, he departed from him for a season. The New Living Translation says, When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Remember, it's constant. The devil will always come back. Remember, be sober, be vigilant. You're in a war. It's not just a battle. We are in a war. It took several battles for the North to win the Civil War. Somebody in the Civil War, I don't know who it was, quoted this "says victory is not a single event but a process. Just because you win the battle doesn't mean you're not going to face it sometime later. We need to be constant in our war. We need to be constant, watchful. I mean, Satan will come back at you. How do we stay watchful? Feed our spirit. Stay filled. Jesus said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus did not say temptation would not come. He, nowhere in there did he say that. He said prayer would give us the power to discern. And it would give us strength to not enter, to not go in to that temptation. If you want to be led by the Spirit, you better start asking what the disciples ask. Jesus, teach us to pray. Ladies, every, is it the first Monday of every, is it going to be the first, second Monday of every month? Yeah. Or is it just six? Every other week, for two weeks at Mill Creek, ladies, if you want to go, Angie's getting ready to start a series up there on prayer. Go, be a part of that. But that verse starts off, it says that Jesus was praying in a certain place. So if it was important for Jesus to pray, it should be important for us to pray. You see, Jesus was always disappearing, Rob. He was always getting off to himself somewhere and saying, I just got to go pray somewhere. And he always came back full of power. It's our choice. The disciples wanted to understand the power of the prayer. And he said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Somebody asked Billy Graham, said, uh, uh, Reverend Graham, Evangelist Graham said, how did you become so effective and in in successful in ministries with all your crusades and stuff? And he said, first thing was prayer, second thing was prayer, and the third thing was prayer. We need to get back to our altars. We need to get back to our altars, and we need to stop going and just praying and say, God, give me, give me, give me. We need to get back to our altars and start saying, Holy Spirit, convict me. If your prayer does not lead you to confession, you might want to start over. Holy Spirit, convict me. God, cleanse me. If my prayer does not lead me to the repentance, I better do it again. And end with, God, lead me. Feel me continually. Talena comes. Church, we mess up, all of us. We're not perfect. And I can remember as a kid, we'd get on our bicycles and we'd ride up and down the hollow. We'd get scrapes. We'd get bruises. We'd, I mean, but that didn't keep me from riding my bicycle. Guess what? I'd get back on it and I'd get scrapes and bruises and do it all again. And every time I did it, I would say, I'm determined, I'm not going to do this no more. And I'd get back up and I'd wreck again. Paul said, walk in the Spirit so you don't fall. We know that. But we get spiritual scrapes, we get spiritual bruises, we, I mean, we're going to fall. Don't let it keep us from learning. Make those falls, make those scrapes, make those bruises more reason to get back up and be more determined than ever that I'm not going to fall again. Satan, I'm, you may have knocked me down this time but the next time I get to this I know who you are and I know what you're doing and I'm not going to fall for it Luke chapter 22 and the Lord said to Simon Simon, behold Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not Now listen to this, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. I find that amazing. He's walking with Jesus and he says, when you're converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death he said I tell ye, Peter the cock shall not crow this day before thou hast thrice denied that thou knowest me we know the rest of the story but here's the best part of the story Peter got back up <laughs> Peter failed miserably and I believe with all my heart When Peter heard that rooster crow, something inside of him, I know his heart was broke because the very thing that he just told Jesus that he would do or wouldn't do, he did. But I believe with his heart broken, Peter had a made-up mind. He said, never again will I make this mistake. You may have gotten me this time, but never again. How many likes new beginnings? (laughs) The day of Pentecost, the very man, Rob, that denied him three times before the rooster crowed come out of an upper room full of the Holy Ghost and preached a sermon and in one day had more converts than most of us have had our whole life. In one day, our God is a God of new beginnings. Psalm chapter 40 says our God gives us a new song. Ezekiel 36, 26, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and will put you a heart of flesh. Paul says God makes us a, a new creation. Chipper, that's amazing. A new creation. Well, pastor, that's the way my dad was. My mom. No, 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 no. You can't blame genes on this anymore because now it's spiritual. And Paul said that he has made old things pass away And I'm making a new creation. So I can't say, well, Dave Fry was that way, so Mick Fry's that way. No. If the Spirit of God lives inside of me and I've got the heart of God inside of me, I can't blame Dave Fry for me going nuts. Y'all giving me that look again. John says in Revelation, God makes all things new. Lamentations declares that his mercies are new daily. So I don't care how bad you struggle with whatever, get up on your feet today and make a choice. And if you lay down and quit, you lose. Some of you need to declare Micah 7 and 8. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. (laughs) I've used this illustration a lot in the past, and, and I love this story. It's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard about getting back up. Thomas Edison late one night his plant caught on fire it's burning to the ground he's watching with his wife and with his son and everything, all of his stuff is in that building burning to the ground, everything's gone did he quit? No he looked at the burnt building and giggled looked at his, hu- or his wife and son and said isn't this wonderful they thought he went nuts and here's what he said all our mistakes are being burned in the fire tomorrow morning we start over brand new (laughs) he built a new plant and kept inventing can we stand eyes closed nobody looking around that's our God this morning church today You can start brand new. Yes, you're in a war that's constant. It's not going anywhere. But today you have a choice. Today I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. But you choose today what you'll have. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I'm giving you a choice today of abundant life. Just like Thomas Edison, mistakes were burned up and he started new. There are some things in your life right now that you would love to put in the fire. And allow the Holy Spirit and God to let you have a new start right now. Brand new. Who will say, I've got stuff and I want a fresh start. If that's you, would you just raise both hands to the Lord right now. I've got stuff and I want a fresh start this morning. Right now, why don't you just begin to declare to Satan, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. (laughs) It's our choice.
0: Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.